this is Tamara Keith. You may have um, listened to my other podcast. I'm a paediatrics trainee and um, I'm here to talk to you about some neonatology issues. And this um, next podcast is about pre-pregnancy care. So the learning objectives of this podcast are what are the causes of high-risk pregnancy, to understand prenatal screening, and to know some types of prenatal diagnosis, and to know some maternal conditions which affect the fetus. These are all common areas which come up in medical school exams, and um, I'm hoping to explain some complicated issues to you. So high-risk pregnancy can be caused by maternal or fetal problems. So maternal causes of high-risk pregnancy would be extremes of age, so teenage pregnancies or older mothers are classified as high-risk pregnancy. And you may be surprised to know that an older mother is classified as 35 years and above. Chronic illness is a high-risk pregnancy, so for example kidney disease or liver disease in the mother. Any infection during pregnancy puts the mother at high risk, so urinary tract infection, rubella, hepatitis, HIV, all makes a high risk pregnancy. The mother may be on regular medication, for example phenytoin for epilepsy. This um, disrupts vitamin K metabolism and can affect the fetus, putting them at risk of bleeding after birth. Warfarin is contraindicated in pregnancy, but some people may, may take it when they don't know they're pregnant, and this will put the fetus at risk. And things that people may not ordinarily think of as a drug, like alcohol, um, puts the fetus at risk of fetal alcohol syndrome. Poor past obstetric history um, gives you a high-risk pregnancy, so if the mother has had multiple miscarriages in the past, Obstetric complications, have they had previous group B strep infection, have they had preeclampsia in their last pregnancy. These are all things that we like to know as a paediatrician about a pregnancy to establish whether or not this is a high risk pregnancy. Fetal problems, so multiple pregnancies, so you can have twins, um, triplets commonly, more than triplets is very unusual in, in this country, but may be the result of IVF pregnancy. And IVF on its own is a high-risk pregnancy. Twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome puts you at risk of a high-risk pregnancy. So twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome is where you have twins. You've got two babies, one of which is the donor and one of which is the recipient. So you have a situation where one twin is giving blood to the other twin. There is a donor and the recipient. The recipient becomes swollen, large, and, and polycythemic. The donor becomes small, thin, and anemic. So you end up with two babies who are twins, identical, but at very different sizes. And this is very dangerous. Congenital malformations obviously put the um, pregnancy at risk if the baby has cleft palate, um, if they're known to have um, abdominal problems like gastrochezia, which is where the gut is outside the abdomen. 
chromosomal abnormalities put the pregnancy at risk? Is this a known Down syndrome? Have they got Edwards syndrome? Obviously, some of these problems in this list will be unknown and we won't know that the pregnancy is high risk until after the pregnancy and we will then go back and and think why was this pregnancy not successful or what went wrong to make this fetus unwell. Interuterine growth restriction also puts the um, fetus at risk. Hydrops fetalis is where there is excess body water causing edema of the fetus and the causes include anemia, cardiac disease and Noonan syndrome. This is an important slide about prenatal screening and diagnosis Um, and all these tests are important um, to be performed on a pregnant woman in the UK. So first and foremost we test the blood group and antibodies for rhesus. So if a woman is found to be rhesus negative they're given anti-D during pregnancy to prevent rhesus incompatibility disease. So this happens if a mother is rhesus negative and the fetus is rhesus positive. The mother has antibodies against rhesus positive and the antibodies cross into the fetus and can destroy the fetal blood cells causing severe jaundice and anemia. So we give rhesus negative mothers anti-D at 28 and 34 weeks because there is no way of knowing at this stage whether the fetus is rhesus negative or positive. We test the mother for different infections, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, the rubella status, syphilis and HIV are all tested in pregnant women in the UK and we do this for various reasons. So we test for hepatitis B because we can give the fetus an injection after birth to reduce the transmission of hepatitis. We test for rubella because if a woman is found to be non-immune to rubella we offer her the MMR vaccine after birth and we test for HIV in order to identify babies who need extra treatment after birth. So in HIV positive women we reduce vertical transmission by giving antiretroviral agents during pregnancy and to the fetus. We deliver by c-section and we avoid breastfeeding and all women are offered HIV screening. Another important test, another screening test, is um, serum AFP, so alpha fetoprotein. This is high in neural tube defects. If a lady has had a baby with neural tube defect in the past, so like spina bifida, this can be reduced um, with folic acid. So all women are recommended to take folic acid when they're trying to get pregnant. We offer a triple test for trisomy 21, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. And this tests AFP, beta-HCG and estriol. We also do HB studies, so we um, look for thalassemia and sickle cell. This is generally only offered to people we think are going to be at risk. Gestational diabetes is tested in every single um, pregnancy at 28 weeks. We give a oral glucose tolerance test and this looks for gestational diabetes 
those so this is women who have developed diabetes during pregnancy and this normally clears once the baby is delivered so screening tests for down syndrome this looks like a very complicated slide and basically has all the information you need to know but quite simply there are two main ways that we screen for down syndrome and most importantly to tell you this is a screening test so this gives a risk calculation this does not tell you yes your baby has down syndrome no your baby does not have down syndrome it gives you a risk a probability that your baby may or may not have down syndrome so at 10 to 14 weeks we do nuchal translucency so this is an ultrasound of the nuchal fold this is an area at the back of the neck and if it is thicker than average the baby is more at risk of down syndrome there is the triple test which is the most common test um, in the UK and this tests for alpha fetoprotein, estriol and beta HCG the AFP alpha fetoprotein is low the estriol is low but the HCG is high in Down syndrome in addition to this what makes the quadruple test is they measure inhibin which is high in Downs so they put these tests together the nuchal translucency and the serum biochemistry and based on the maternal age and the hormone levels of these tests a risk is calculated if the risk is over 1 in 250 the lady is offered amniocentesis so screening gives you a probability and something like amniocentesis gives you a diagnostic yes or no just talking a bit more about alpha fetoprotein it may be high but no abnormality is detected and why would this be there may be wrong dates so the gestation of the baby is wrong it would be high in a multiple pregnancy and it's also high if there's bleeding in early pregnancy so it is not just associated with a problem in the fetus but problems it is associated with so a high AFP is associated with neural tube defects cardiac abnormalities gastrochesia and exomphalos and renal hemangioma low alpha fetoprotein is associated with Down syndrome diagnostic tests so tests that give you a yes or no of something that's wrong with your baby um, you've got the 20 week anomaly scan which is offered to every single pregnant woman in the UK and this is looking for gross abnormalities so it's looking for things like gastrochesia and exomphalos which is where the gut develops outside the abdomen it's important to know this before the baby is born so that paediatricians are ready it may identify cardiac abnormalities and other abnormalities like cleft palate or skeletal abnormalities you can have chorionic villus sampling at 10 weeks or amniocentesis at 14 to 16 weeks and both of these tell you the genetic makeup of the fetus so this is diagnostic for genetic abnormalities for example down syndrome 
and rarely we can do fetal blood sampling to um, check for certain diagnoses so is the baby very anemic um, and looking for specific diagnosis but this would be done in very specific rare examples. You may wonder why amniocentesis is not done in all women. Surely all women would want to know for sure whether their baby has Down syndrome. Well, there is a risk of 1% miscarriage with amniocentesis. So it is not without risk. Um, but it is offered to every woman over 35. And these are because women of over 35 are more at risk of having a baby with Down syndrome. However, to confuse the issue... 80% of Down's babies are actually born to women under 35 and this is because more women under 35 have babies than those over 35. Premature babies are at risk of many things but the main issue we worry about is respiratory distress syndrome. This is where the lungs are not adequately developed to allow sufficient gas exchange for the baby. This is because premature babies do not have enough surfactant. Surfactant can be increased by giving the mother steroids. And sometimes a woman will go into premature labour and will have time to give them steroids to allow surfactant production in the fetus so then when they're born their lungs are not quite so bad. What we can do is try and delay premature labour and you may think, well, why don't we delay premature labour until 40 weeks, until the baby has been in long enough to be fully developed? But this isn't really wise. If a woman is in labour, we can delay labour by, say, 48 hours with tosolytic drugs, so drugs like salbutamol. We give these to ladies who are going into labour between 25 and 34 weeks. And this is to delay delivery by 24 to 48 hours which gives us time to give steroids to the mother to increase surfactant production in the fetus. Now we're going to go on to talk about maternal conditions affecting pregnancy and the fetus. There are obviously many problems which can go on during pregnancy, but I'm just going to talk about a few which are perhaps more common and might come up in your exams. Diabetes, very common illness, and insulin-dependent diabetes is associated with polyhydramnios, preeclampsia, increased miscarriage, and increased congenital abnormalities. This is not the same as gestational diabetes. Gestational diabetes is diabetes that only occurs during pregnancy and usually resolved after pregnancy. Gestational diabetes is not associated with increased congenital abnormalities but insulin-dependent diabetes is associated with increased congenital abnormalities. It is also associated with increased risk of IUGR and macrosomia. And you may think that's a bit strange. How can it be associated with growth restriction and macrosomia? Well, the growth restriction is increased in diabetics who have microvascular complications of their diabetes. And the macrosomia risk is increased in all diabetics. There are neonatal problems associated with diabetes. So after birth, they are more at risk of hypoglycemia. 
Now you may again think this is a bit strange, don't diabetics have high sugars? Diabetics have high sugar levels and as a result, the in the womb, the fetus has high glucose level. To reduce this, the fetus increases insulin production. Then at birth, they no longer have the maternal supply of high glucose, but the fetus is still producing insulin. And so their sugar goes low because they have high insulin, but they now have no sugar intake. So they're at very much increased risk of getting hypoglycemia. They're also at increased risk of respiratory distress syndrome, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and polycythemia. Hyperthyroidism, um, so in women with overactive thyroid, they have circulating thyroid stimulating antibody which can cross the placenta and activate the fetal thyroid. So this can give the fetus, well the baby after it's born, symptoms of hyperthyroid. So they can get diarrhea, they get jittery, they can get tachycardic. SLE, so lupus. Um, ladies with lupus um, often have antiphospholipid syndrome and this puts them at greater risk of miscarriage, preterm delivery and placental abruption. And if they have anti-Rho and anti-La antibodies, the baby may have heart block when it's born, but this usually resolves. So in summary, we've covered quite a lot there. High-risk pregnancy can result from maternal and fetal factors. Screening tests are those that give you a probability and they include triple tests for Down syndrome, which includes AFP, estriol and HCG. Diagnostic tests confirm or refute a diagnosis and, and include chorionic villus sampling and amniocentesis. Maternal disease can affect the fetus, including diabetes, hypothyroidism and lupus. Thank you very much.